I'm Pat. And I'm Ben. Uh, welcome to Podventure Time. Welcome back. The what? Uh, why is it welcome back? Oh, I thought you said the comeback, and I was like, wait a minute, Ooh. where do we go? No, it is the comeback. Yeah, I think this is, I like that. Maybe we'll, we'll do another episode in the future. We'll make it like a, maybe we'll make some sort of a dramatic, dramatic comeback. Who knows? Maybe we'll be so bad this time we'll need a comeback episode. Right. You never know. It, yeah. I don't want to take anything for granted. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, welcome welcome back to everybody, to all of our listeners, all of the listeners to the, the Podventure Time podcast. As, uh, as you all know, but maybe if, if, you, if you haven't been paying attention or if this is your first time here, the, this is a podcast where Pat and I discuss uh, the TV show Adventure Time. But there's a slight twist on that in that I, I've never seen the show. Pat has. But I've never seen it, or at least I haven't seen all the episodes. I'm watching them two at a time, and then we discuss them here. And uh, it's all part of Pat's master plan to make me like this show. And uh, so far, I think it's I think it's working. But I have to say, uh, we'll get into it. But this uh, this episode, these last two episodes, was a real mixed bag for me. I, uh, oh, okay. Well, I'm curious. Very curious. Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I won't I won't I won't reveal yet. But uh, there was definitely definitely some ups and downs this time. Okay, that's fair enough. I uh yeah, so I've I've seen these episodes countless times. Uh probably at yeah. least 4 or 5 45 50, I don't know. Um yeah. and uh so I'm watching them two at a time as well, but I'm watching them for the fourth or fifth time and uh then we talk about them and overanalyze them and I figure out uh whether or not you like the show. So, we might as well jump right into it. Today we're discussing uh season 1 episode 11 and episode 12. And yep. the first episode, episode 11, is called Wizard. So yes, it is. Why don't you tell us what happens in Wizard? Uh, this, is a, uh, this is an episode that I would characterize as a simple morality tale. Indeed. Uh, it, doesn't go, you know, it doesn't go anywhere, really. And it is a, it's an episode in which Finn and Jake are um, enticed into gaining magic powers for free from a very uh death-like looking figure and uh they yeah a very obviously evil very obviously evil dude who is obviously setting a trap and finn and jake i think don't care whether it's a trap because that's what they do and they want they want wizard powers they do so they uh they go into a portal into a different realm to gain magic powers and uh, and when they arrive, they are greeted by their wizard teacher, uh, whose name is uh, I'm going to remember it wrong, but I'm going to say Bofu, Bafu, something like that. Yeah, even yeah. Uh, even I don't really remember it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go out and say I'm going to jump right in at the beginning just to say this was the down, this was the mixed bag part of the mixed bag for me. This was this episode uh, was a was a bummer for me. Yeah, I I don't think it's a bummer, but I could take it or leave it. Quite honestly. Um... You're right that it's it's really straightforward, um, and and so they they are gaining powers with uh, I think it's Bufo I don't know. And yeah. In any case, this this uh, wizard who is a collection of 
maybe tadpoles that live inside of the throat of a frog, mm-hmm. um, starts to teach them all of these wizard powers, the first of which is dustomancy, which maybe you can tell us what that means. Oh, it's the, uh, it's the ability to have power over dust motes as well as the ability to read their emotions, such, exactly. as, such as whether or not one of them might be unhappy in his marriage. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's rather underwhelming first power, but things escalate quickly as yeah. they uh, pass more and more tests and gain more and more powers. Yeah, they go through... I mean, the, the way that they're gaining these powers is pretty simplistic or, and nonsensical. The way dustmancy uh, was gained by eating a broom. And I saw, I think I remember other tests that they had to pass were things like, oh man, now I can't, it's, oh, like, um, why can't I think of it? It feels like basically like staring contests and just really simple, yeah, simple well, stuff, basically. It, I think it actually kind of said something about the episode that even I don't really remember what the tests were. They're, they're just kind of preposterous it's a, things. It's a, I think it's, the, it's a, uh, it's a training montage without the training and right. And I think the point of the of the tests being stupid is that the powers themselves are pretty stupid. Uh, mm-hmm. But Finn and Jake are so greedy that they don't care. And here's where we get into the episode's very uh, on-the-nose lesson. Yeah, so uh, it's all building all of these tests and all of these powers are building up to a final test to become a, a master wizard. And But the final test is agreeing to an oath. An oath right, the, of responsibility, exactly of of ultimate responsibility. Something I, like I that. I do think it's the oath of ultimate responsibility. Yes, um, right. And we should add. I, I actually do like the uh, the the gag where Jake has the the new mustache and hair and uh, an unlimited supply of mayonnaise, and so he's happy. He's not going to go for the final power to get his big star. We should add that they are wearing wizard robes. Um, which oh, Finn and, awkwardly and, tucks into his shirt and pants, I think. Yeah. Uh, and every time they get a power, they get a new star. But they're trying for the big middle star, which is the the ultimate uh, power, and that's the one where uh, Jake just decides <laughs> he he also has gained the power to put himself to sleep immediately. <laughs> uh, so so he takes advantage of that and goes to sleep. But Finn is Finn is still greedy. He wants that power. He wants that ultimate wizard power. Yeah, and, he's, uh, he's consumed by it and is acting completely without thinking so that when the the uh, the wizard tells him that he has to take the oath of ultimate responsibility, he doesn't even think twice. And he uh, even even at the uh, uh, even with Bofu or Bafu counseling him that he should maybe read the fine print on this one. Uh, he says, nope, I'm, I want it right now. And he basically just has to shake Bofu's hand. And, and at that moment, he is magically transported or sort of less magically transported. He's, he's, he's inserted into a pulley system right. and, and hoisted up to the ceiling where it's revealed that there are other ultimate wizards that are currently using their wizard powers to hold a comet at bay from crashing into the wizard's temple. Right. And so it, we and it's, we learn that this a, has all yeah. been a we we learn that this has all been an elaborate scheme to yeah. uh trick well ideally Finn and Jake but it ends up just being Finn into gaining the powers so that the wizard who is supposedly teaching them to him uh can just use them for his own ends. He will be suspended in these pulleys and shooting uh blue power at the comet for the rest of his natural life says right. Bofu. Right. It's a it's a total 
I don't know. It's I don't. Want to call, it's not really a pyramid scheme, but sort of a sort of a scheme where basically for for one wizard to not have to do this ultimate sacrifice anymore, it's a one in one out kind of situation. You've got to they've got to get someone else to take your place before you can leave. So yeah, it's got to be a minimum of three wizards shooting at this comet, or else it's going to crash. Yeah. So uh, so Finn's been uh, real bamboozled here, and he, hoodwinked. He, hoodwinked. Sure. He knows it. His uh, he 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 senses it. He knows it now. He can't believe it, um, and he's not going to take it. He uh, he is reckless and decides, screw this. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna follow the rules. I'm not gonna try to keep this comet at bay. And uh, he he decides, I'm just gonna go fight this thing directly, which is which is basically Finn's one move. Yeah, I, I I don't think that we could ever reasonably expect Finn just to. Uh calmly keep something at bay when it's a threat he's going to go confront it head on that's that's yeah. how finn operates yeah uh the elder wizards uh yell at him and and call him tell him he's being a, a reckless youth essentially his youthful ideas are going to kill them all and uh but he I, says he says screw that yeah well i actually really like this line when he he runs away and he yells youth culture forever that's right it's very nonsensical yet I, I find it. I thought that was a, a, a funny line. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Finn asserts his his power as a young person and heads out to attack the comet. And uh, ultimately, the wizards use their powers and band together and move the temple so that when the comet crashes, there's kind of no harm, no foul. Right. Uh, and the wizards are now released from their eternal uh, toil, and Finn and right. Jake can go back to everyday life in the world of Ooh in the treehouse. Yeah, and the comet impact essentially, I think it's implied that the comet's uh, impact kind of vaporizes all of their magic powers as well. Right. I think they, they sort of just return back to normal. In fact, they, they're naked. They, it gets their Oh, that's clothes, right. Yeah, it's their like clothes a... get, Their clothes get vaporized off of them, right. too. Right, it's like a nuclear blast or something. Right. Uh, so, yeah, this, uh, this, uh, the start and end point of this episode is there's been no, no, no character growth for Finn or Jake. Uh, there's been no, no real plot development. Uh, and uh, I would say this has been one of the one of my least favorite episodes to watch um, yeah, so far. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it doesn't really go... You're exactly right. It doesn't go anywhere. And, uh, you know, we, we sort of learned the lesson about don't be greedy, but Finn definitely doesn't learn it. Um, you know, he just learns that if you rush headlong into things, as long as you're super brave and, and tough, it's probably going to work out for you. Yeah, uh, there's, which a, there's is, a concept... Yeah, well, there's a concept in sort of like sitcom writing called the bottle episode. Um, which is where you have sort of a contrived reason to have all of the characters end up in like a single spot. And it's usually used kind of for cost effectiveness. It's cheaper to film in one set location than it is to film a show over a bunch of different places or build a bunch of different sets. So, you know, it's the kind of thing like, oh no, we're all trapped in the office tonight and the power's out and the, and the doors won't open because they're on power locks or something. So we're all just going to have to do a sleepover. It's one of those kind of episodes in a sitcom. Yeah. Even, Even better if, is when they, yeah. uh, they're they all trapped in one place and then they just reminisce for the entire episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that yeah. they don't even have to make a new one except for about it's... four minutes of reminiscing before they cut to clips. Thankfully, yeah. we don't see any clips of Adventure Time, but you're exactly right. This, this episode doesn't do anything for anyone. Yeah. Uh, 
because even in a sitcom, usually they use a bottle episode to at least move some portion of the character development forward so that they set something up for a future episode. In this one, there's not even character development. It's Finn and Jake going in and into this episode and out of this episode. Uh, having learned, It's a morality tale where the main characters did not learn the moral, I yeah. think. Yeah, you're uh, right. So and... I was... It was, it was boring. It was, uh, I mean, it was a cartoon, so I'm not going to like over, over criticize it here, but, uh, in the scale of what I've seen thus far, I was, I, I was underwhelmed. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's a, it's an episode that just kind of sits there all by itself and it's, yeah. uh, it doesn't really do anything. And, and there are, you know, plenty of, of good episodes actually where, you know, nothing's episodic, but, uh, because they don't seem to learn anything and they just, you know, move the temple and then it, the comet blows up and everything's fine. Uh, I think that, you know, I, I didn't get much out of this episode either. Yeah, no, I mean, and I'll give it, I'll give it, I'll let it be what it is and, and say just, uh, you know, it's, it was, let's put the characters in a, in a silly situation and let them, and let them be there and, and be done with it. Don't have, not every single episode has to be a masterpiece, but, uh, if yeah. I had jumped in on, if I would, I would say, if I had jumped in on this episode as my first episode, I don't think I would have watched a second one. Oh, okay, that bad. Interesting. Um, do you do you think that you were you're kind of set up to expect more now, though, that you've seen you'd watched ten episodes previously? Oh yeah, so like I, it's it's relative at this point. I've been real pleased with a lot of episodes in the past. I loved uh, the businessman episode. And I really liked the Lady Rainicorn episode. I thought mm-hmm. both of those were great. And uh, and I've even seen you know classic. I've even even there's even been more like uh, stereotypical adventure episodes where uh, I've liked them better. Like this was just like it didn't it didn't hit on any of the any of the cylinders that the show is usually hitting on. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought it had some good lines, um, some good gags. I liked the uh, the when we first meet. Bufo and I'm I'm convinced that we're saying his name wrong, but it doesn't matter. Uh, mm-hmm. When we first meet this wizard, uh, the tadpoles are speaking in a very creepy way with an echo, uh, right. and it's it's this sort of creepy wizard voice where you can tell that it's more than one of them talking. And then yeah, uh, we are a, a we are legion kind of voice, right? And then yeah. the uh, one of the tadpoles turns to the other one and says, "Dang it, Leonard! If we don't all talk at the same time, no one can understand us." Yep. And yep. from then on, the the creepy wizard voice goes away, and they just talk uh, all at once. Right. Yeah. yeah so. No. I yeah. I, I liked Buffon. I think he was funny, <laughs> um, but he. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, there's little bits, and I, I liked. There's a hair gag that was funny, and 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 the things you've already pointed out. Really, some some fine lines going on. Yeah, and, and I there there's a callback or a shout out, I suppose, to um, uh, Lewis Carroll when uh, Finn gets the Vorpal hand. Uh, I liked that part. It's just one of oh, the powers that he gets. The Vorpal hand. Wait, I missed it. Wait, what? Are we, what's the what's the reference? Uh, the Vorpal Sword is the, like, huge weapon in Wonderland that, um, Alice uses to kill the Jabberwocky, I think. Uh-huh. And so Finn turns his hand into a sword, and he says, Vorpal Hand! That's when he's, like, rushing out to beat somebody up or whatever. Yeah, totally. No, I remember it, for sure. All right, cool. All right, well, a little pop culture reference for us. That's, uh... One a slight plus one for the episode then. Yeah, and um, I, they they do this occasionally, uh, you know, where they have well, I I 
gave it up in the first episode. We're going to meet eventually a character called the Lich, and that's that's like a fantasy trope. And I think that Vorpal Sword is probably a fantasy trope as well. Uh, which, if you're into that kind of thing and you're a nerd, uh, those those references land pretty well. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I, I can respect a good obscure reference with the with the next guy for sure. Um, cool. Well, let's let's. I don't have a ton more to say about this episode. No, we can than, leave it. Uh, we can leave it right where we found it. All right, just like the episode uh, itself, it, it begins and ends about the same. We're gonna leave it, leave it exactly where we found it as well. So let's yeah. move on. Yeah. So we'll move on now to um, season one, episode twelve, which is called "Evicted," and uh, I, I, I'll come out and say I love this episode. Um, yeah. Mostly uh, because we meet. Opposite. Mostly because we meet one of my very favorite characters. Uh, I'll go ahead and let you uh, shout out who she is. Uh, Marceline, the Vampire Queen. Yeah, yeah. Marceline shows up. So uh, this is a, uh, like I said, mixed bag. So here's the other side of that bag for me. I really, I dug a lot of this episode. I didn't. I wouldn't say I liked it as much as the Businessman episode, but I like Marceline as a character, and I like. The introduction of her to the world. I think it. Uh, I think it did some interesting things. But let's kind of chat about how the episode unfolds uh, before we dive in. So essentially, we open on um, the treehouse, and Jake is telling Finn a scary uh, a, a ghost story. Essentially, a ghost story about a vampire, mm-hmm. and is just trying to creep him out. And he he smashes a jelly donut as he talks about. I yeah. think a, a vampire like vaporizes someone's blood or something, and <laughs> yeah, Jake he says the, vamp- he says the, the vampire. Uh, yeah, the vampire crushes someone's skull, right, and then emphasis. breathes their blood mist. Yeah, for emphasis, he crushes a jelly donut uh, to to kind of yeah, explain the effect, and he sufficiently scares Finn. Finn Finn acts proud and brave while Jake's still in the room, but then as soon as Jake's gone, uh, Finn Finn gets scared, and he, he questions. Finn initially questions the story, but then Jake tells him that he learned the story from a reliable source, which is all of a sudden, argue. all of a sudden, very timely as we have nothing but reliable sources in the news, uh, trying to figure out whether we're being infiltrated by Russia or whatever. So, yeah, uh, Finn, I actually I thought that was that tied in well to what else I'm reading these days. Yep, that's right. Finn Finn is not informationally literate. He doesn't think to question. He doesn't ask for a second source. Yeah, he he's, a, think to ask he's a low information voter. Yeah, exactly. But he, uh, but the other main point of, of Jake's story is that this this scary story supposedly happened right in this very treehouse, mm-hmm. and and that's what leads Finn to really get creeped out. And as soon as Jake leaves, sure enough, some scary noises start happening, and uh, and there is a rapping at the window. And a mysterious face appears there in the in the uh, in the flash of a lightning bolt. I should and, point uh, out right now that I was tempted to tap on the microphone to illustrate the tapping on the window, but then I remembered the lesson we learned when we were seventeen, so I did not tap the mic. Yeah, that's yeah. Don't tap that mic. It is. <laughs> it's that won't sound like windows at all. That'll, you'll ruin that'll the, sound like you ruin the whole variety show if you do that. That's right. That is right. Uh, you will, and and the very least, you'll. You'll hurt. You'll blow out the speakers of our of our listeners' uh, 
playback devices. Your tender eardrums. We don't want to do uh, that to you. So Marceline's tapping on the window, or it, something is tapping on the window, I should say. And, and Finn yeah, we don't know if Marceline gets yet. scared. So Finn heads on downstairs and uh, tells Jake he heard something. Jake says, well, no, you're just scared. I scared you. I made up that story. But pretty soon after that, uh, all of a sudden, Marceline makes her entrance. She yeah. uh, She's hanging from the ceiling, and she quickly drops down and uh, scares, scares the living bejesus out of Jake. Yeah, the, the tables kind of turn here. Um, Finn is scared of Marceline as well, but he's more willing to stand up to her. Jake is just mostly just terrified the entire time so he's trying to scare finn with these vampire stories but then it turns out that he is terrified of vampires himself yeah but let's talk about marceline as a character because then we we pretty much meet her immediately she starts out as a she makes an entrance like many vampires and make an entrance in, in a show where uh very menacing kind of hissing uh demon-like face but as she comes into focus more and lands to talk to our heroes I would I would characterize her as like a cool older sister kind of character. Yep. That, yeah, she's she's definitely uh, got a teenager introduced. vibe. Yeah, but one that maybe just came back from college. Uh, that's kind of how I thought of her. Sure. Um, the the way that I kind of I, I the reason I liked her as a character is I thought that she she start she she broadened the world or the the sort of the metaphor that's being built around Finn. Finn's life as like a 12-year-old boy, they're, they're, I, I think what I've noticed is that the show is doing a great job of introducing common themes of a teenage boy's life or as a almost like prepubescent moving into puberty uh, age boy's life, um, but, the, but it's bringing him up in you know, silly and funny ways. Like, but, but we've gotten things like being, learning about like budding feelings for a girl how to deal with jealousy, um, how to think for yourself, things like that that you learn as you grow. And this is like a, a broadening of that world where now we've got like a, a cool older sibling who's more worldly than you and you just look up to like, like crazy, coming back from college, coming back home and just, you know, kind of just uh, teasing you teasing the little brother is I, I just kept coming back to like oh this is like this she should be his older sister essentially right that yeah that's definitely how she acts and yeah. um she also expands the scope of the world of ooh because we yeah. learn that she's a thousand years old and uh she's basically been roaming the world for a thousand years she uh talks about having gone to the fire kingdom and she found goldfish beasts so yeah. all of a sudden the world seems a lot bigger because yep. Marceline has been out exploring it. And then she returns to the treehouse, which I say returns because what do we learn? Well, we learned that uh, this treehouse was once her home and she had marked it however many M. hundreds of years ago. And, uh, and so she reveals that her name and her, her initials are carved into the tree trunk and, uh, and says, you know, you're basically squatting in my house. Yeah, and she she goes ahead and kicks him out, and it's raining. And uh, I'll I'll talk it when we get when we get through the episode about my my legal issues with the method by which she evicts Finn and Jake. But in any case, they get kicked out, uh, and they're they're in the rain. And Jake has a much more uh, upbeat attitude about the whole thing than Finn does. Well, I think Jake rationalizes. I think Jake uh, is is taking an upbeat attitude because he can't bring himself to be. Uh, confrontational with Marceline. He is he, Jake is really scared of Marceline as a vampire. 
he uh, definitely says he definitely is worried that she's going to kill them. Yes. Finn is more. Finn wants to, to fight for their home, but Jake says, "No, man, we're gonna that like a vampire will straight up kill you, and <laughs> right. and I do not want that to happen to you. So let's just find a new home. It's let's a go new house event. hunting. Yeah, let's go house hunting. It's a new adventure, and uh, and he convinces Finn to do it by by giving him some strong words of advice, which consist of blah 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 blah. Right. Uh, literally says that to Finn, and Finn goes, "Okay, you've convinced me." Yeah, you, which I thought you was always a good know gag. just what to say. He says something like that. <laughs> I thought that was a good gag because he's and literally. I also nothing. thought that at that moment when Jake uh, uses his powers to expand and shield Finn from the rain, it was. Uh, I, I thought it was a really like tender exploration of their relationship, where uh, Jake does have to look out for Finn all the time, and him growing into this sort of umbrella for finn i thought was a really good uh metaphor of of their relationship yeah that's true uh and he doesn't mention it either it's it's right. nothing like he just does it like it's definitely uh second nature to him uh and then we and then we have our second montage of of our of the podcast like we did two episodes with two different kinds of montages this one's a this one's a real montage with a song and everything right and, and uh, it's yeah, a home, and it's a house hunting montage Right. And uh, music is fairly important to this show. We'll see it pop up uh, again and again. And the notable thing about this montage is that the song is actually about what is occurring. You know, it's not just I, the tiger or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's a really sweet song that I still have in my head, actually, uh, at, least, at least the part about Marceline. So it's sort of a um, it's like a child's version of dashboard confessional i think it's sort of uh -huh. like it's like tween emo yeah yeah no it's tweemo tweemo that's all right we're making up a new genre now uh it was a tweemo song about about them about their house hunting literally singing what's on the screen um the yeah. joke it, it actually it actually made me think of a family guy joke like it's randy newman-esque where he just sings what you do like right. even walking down the road, left foot, right foot, left foot, <laughs> right foot. Uh, so, uh, but very cool, very cool song. They keep hunting. They end up uh, at the end of this montage in a cave. In they kind of row a boat into a cave. Yeah, it's unclear and, where exactly we are geographically. They've done a lot of exploring, but mm -hmm. eventually they wind up in a cage or a cave. Yeah, it's uh, initially filled with bats, and it's kind of creepy. But as soon as, uh, but all of a sudden the bats all leave, and it turns out that it's a really just nice, pristine, shiny cave that they all they all finally realize, like you know what, we can, we can make a home here. And as soon as they decide that, Jake decides that they're going to trash it by throwing a party, and it looks and like do. a pretty cool party. They do. They invite all their friends. There's people from all different realms and ooh at, at the party, and they're rocking out. But then Tree Trunks is back. at the party. Was she? I missed tree trunks. Oh, yeah, man. she's she's standing in the water and she's uh, like an elephant, sucking it up with her trunk and spraying it all over the place. She's having a really good time. The uh, the donut like grave digger or like or some, from the very first episode was there crunchy. too. Crunchy, crunchy, yeah. Uh, starchy, starchy. Got it. Yeah, that makes more sense. Starchy. He was there too, but there's an un, there's an uninvited guest who crashes the party once again. Marceline is back, yeah, and she, she and she makes a second reveal that indeed, also this cave is also hers, and she shows them that she has 
at some point scratched her initials onto a rock in the cave and says, so you're going to have to leave this one now too, because you've made this place cool. And, uh, you're going to have to get out. Yeah, I want it back. Uh, yeah. There seems to be a sort of primitive system of demonstrating ownership of property in Ooh, where if you carve your initials into something, then you own it for the rest of time, or at least until your initials wear off, I guess. Right. Well, In fact, I, just again, one, one letter. You don't even have to use your last name. Just an M will do it. Yeah, it's, it's legally suspect, but everyone seems to be kind of uh, accepting of it. It's sort of a... Uh, it's a shotgun situation for uh, for the car. Call a shotgun. You, all you have to right. do is you do yeah, it. Yeah, it's once. dibs. Marceline has dibs. dibs on these places, and I That's suppose right. if you've been alive for a thousand years, you probably have plenty of time to get dibs on most places in the world. Yeah, I mean, I think I've said it before. You know, if I I've thought of like this world of ooh, like I've tried to think of Finn as well as as possibly that ooh is like a dream world for him. And there are allegories and, and things happening that are just sort of uh, manifestations of things that happen in his real life. Like he's a real human boy somewhere. And I really think I, I'm, I'm, fully, I'm fully willing to, uh, to say that my, my theory on Marceline is that she is the expression of some older sister that Finn actually has in, uh, in some real alternate universe that he lives in. And, right, uh, well, I won't give anything away then. That's, uh, that's a good uh, – you're, you're, you're putting it out there. And I'm not gonna yeah. not gonna tell you whether you're right. You're gonna have to watch more episodes. Yeah, because it's uh, it is definitely a uh, it's a sibling relationship. I mean, even the dibs. It's sort of like you know, Finn. Finn's been living on his own at home ever since uh, ever since Marceline went off to school, and he's claimed some things. But then she comes back and says like, "Nah, that's mine. I had yep. the, you know, you're just playing with it. That's mine too." Uh, I'm taking my I'm I'm reasserting my dominance as as uh, elder child in the household when I'm while I'm back for, for the summer maybe something right. like that. And and when she comes back and uh you know asserts her claim to the cave uh Finn and Jake or at least Finn decides that he's not going to just go away so easily this time and we end up in a in a pretty uh exciting and dangerous i think battle uh yeah. where marceline is using her powers which are very similar to jake's except that she can actually change form as opposed to kind of stretching herself uh but she's an extremely powerful character and it, and she's much the... like a much like a big sister i think you know who probably could beat your ass she just plays with finn and jake right she toys with them um sort of a why are you hitting yourself situation and right. and uh, but it just enrages Finn even more to the point where uh, Finn Finn is just attacking uh, in a blind rage and and just getting getting his butt whooped and Jake is Jake is on the sidelines trying to cope with the fact that he is so scared of Marceline but he just wants to help Finn he finally raises the courage to do it uh, comes at her like a with flailing arms and legs and. Like a hurricane of arms and teeth, and uh, he attacks Marceline, wraps himself around her face, but she's quickly able to disarm him, and then the unthinkable happens. Marceline bites Jake and sucks his blood out yeah, and tosses, gets, his, tosses him away like a husk. He looks totally drained. Now, it, it's important to note that we learned early in the episode, this is something that we should have mentioned earlier, that Marceline, while she may drink blood sometimes, really just wants to consume the color red. Uh, right. So we. Like she's just as happy drinking 
the color red out of a strawberry we learn yeah so she she has that sort of she you stop i i kind of think that you stop being scared of her at that point in the episode and you realize that probably she's not actually going to bring harm on Finn and Jake but they definitely right. don't know that uh and it and then when she appears to suck all of Jake's guts out uh as happens so frequently in the show Finn is moved to uh he he becomes enraged and he becomes He's more powerful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He his most powerful and uh, motivated moments are ones where he is fearing that he's lost Jake. Uh, yeah. I think about when he decides that he has to jump from makeout point down to uh, the weekly prom coming dance because he thinks that Jake is going to become permanently lumpy. Uh, right. you know, those are the moments where Finn just. He he throws caution to the wind. Not that he has a lot of caution usually, but he he completely takes down whatever barriers he has up, and and he's gonna he's going after Marceline hard. And he does. He uh, he he basically goes on his uh, his kamikaze run here, and he lands a punch. That's all he's able to do. He really just lands a punch. Uh, Marceline reacts. Marceline says, "Ow, oh, that really hurt." And it takes her aback, and you realize that this, at that point, all of a sudden, the fight kind of ends. Marceline is surprised that Finn was able to hurt her, and in that moment, uh, she decides that she respects Finn because she basically says that that was a lot of fun. I've never had a, I haven't had a fight like that in a long time. Basically, says you guys are all right, right. and uh, and Finn. Finn's still pretty upset though, but then looks over to his side, and all of a sudden, and Jake's just standing there. He's all good. Jake and, uh, is alive. He's fine, and it, he's uh, he he got out of there using his powers. I like the gag. He said, "You know, just before just before she sucked my blood out, I used my powers to move all of my blood and guts into my thumb." <laughs> and uh, so he holds up his thumb, which is sort of pulsing and throbbing with all of his organs, but. Uh, but he was able to avoid avoid any death by by shifting his internal organs to his thumb, and so we end up at the end of this where uh, Jake's okay. Marceline decides that Finn and Jake are are cool cats, cool enough that they can live in her treehouse instead of her, uh, and so Finn and Jake are, are are restored to their home. Yeah, and I'm I'm really digging your uh your idea that she's a, an older sister. So and and it is kind of like an older sister where, you know, she would come back and she's kind of surprised I think that that Finn has grown up. Uh and he's yep. willing to stand up to her and once he does that, she's like, "Okay, you know what? You're pretty cool. You can go ahead and, you know, you can go in my room when you want or in this case you can go ahead and live in my treehouse." Yeah, I think that that I that, uh, live in my room. That's exactly that's exactly what's happening here. I uh I should say I don't have an older sister or an older sibling, so I'm sort of uh, imagining this, what this is like. But I, I think that that's a pretty apt look at what's happening here. So, um, yeah, I'm still on record as saying that there is a uh, that Finn. This is a dream world for Finn. That he is. Uh, we're reliving some real life characters here, and we're just getting sort of uh, caricaturized versions of people in Finn's life. Yeah. Sort of a Calvin and Hobbes kind of situation. Yeah, and you know we are actually both 
the oldest of of our family's respective broods. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I do think, actually, I, I can identify with Marceline. You know, I, I think that my relationship with my sister got better after I went to college and I could come home and see that she was actually, like, in high school and growing up. Uh, and yeah. since we've become more like adults, you know, three years uh, means less when you're 34 uh, than it does when you're six. So um, when your little sibling grows up, you you have to come to terms with them, you know, being being cool and being able to stand up to you. Uh, yeah, and... you, each, you, you go away and you get your own, you become your own person uh, independent of the family. And then you're able to sort of recognize that in other people that they're their own people as well. And that's, yeah. that's sort of a, a growth moment for everybody. That's very um, well put. Yeah. I, uh, I really liked the episode. I'll say that. I, I, like I said, this was this sort of polar ends of, of my enjoyment spectrum here. Yeah. Um, this was a really good addition to the, uh, the, the universe. I, I don't know if this is true or not. Maybe I've missed it before, but I think Marceline is actually the first person to name Ooh as the world they live in. I was, I I was actually going to ask you about that because it, I heard it and I was like, Oh, you know, I've been calling it Ooh for the length of the podcast, but I'm not sure that anyone has actually said that yet. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you noticed that. And I I think that you're right. Uh, yeah. I thought maybe Princess Bubblegum might have mentioned Ooh before, but she's really just concerned with the Candy Kingdom. So uh, I think this is actually the episode where we learn that Finn uh, and everyone else lives in the world of Ooh. Totally. And uh, really liked her as a character. Really thought she's going to... I'm looking forward to seeing more of her. She brings uh, a breadth to, to the world that wasn't there before. And um, all in all... Uh, Real, real positive feelings about this episode. It, uh, it undid the damage that the previous episode did for me. Oh, good, good. Well, I'm glad it came second, and uh, I also really yeah. love this episode. I, I think it has a lot to do with Marceline. Uh, she's one of my very favorite characters, uh, and you know, I don't think I'm spoiling anything to say that she'll be important as the show goes on. Uh, she's in the uh, intro. Have you noticed her in the intro? Yeah, now I know who she is. Right, she's, she's that uh, hideous hissing creature. She's hissing at us in the in the intro. Yeah, we're starting to. I'm looking forward to meeting those penguins. There's still some penguins I've got to meet, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I can't think of anything else specifically right now. But uh, but there's that's the only other, that's the other character that I've I've been waiting to see. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, there's one part of this episode that I wanted to see if you could tell me more about. What's the deal with all the worms in this episode? I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, so they're at the beginning of the episode, right after Jake leaves Finn alone in the bedroom, we see a, an, a worm sort of inching across the bed, making this weird sort of croaking noise. Yeah, uh, and then feet. did you notice that Finn threw the Enchiridion at the worm? No, I did not. Nice yeah, when he says, back. worms need to get off the bed or whatever, he, uh, it's, the, it's the Enchiridion that he throws at the worm to knock it off the bed. And then right. at the end of the episode, when Finn and Jake return to the treehouse, there are uh, several of these worms, maybe a handful, uh, and then a giant king worm comes down, who it turns out has the power to hypnotize worms as well as uh, humans and dogs. Uh, and so it's another one of these really random endings of the episode where uh, the, <laughs> the king worm orders Finn and Jake to hug me, and yeah. uh, after he zaps them and they're... they're uh, 
hypnotized or whatever, they the episode ends as Finn and Jake embrace the huge king worm who now lives apparently in the treehouse. Uh, and I, as far as I can recall, we don't ever see at least right, the, total at least the big worm. I don't think we ever see him again. All right, it's a total throwaway joke. That's fine. That's yeah. all right. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, that was the only part of the episode that kind of threw me for a loop. Like, what what are we doing here? Yeah, um, it, but, but it's, chalk it's it up to cartoon just weirdness. Let it go. Yeah, chalk it up to cartoon weirdness for sure. Right. Um, um, yeah. So I wanted to mention, you know, I I can't watch this episode where Finn and Jake get evicted and not think about my work, which deals so much with uh, evictions and. Um, Marceline, it, it, or I guess I, it's probably just the rule of law or whatever it is in Ooh that's governing, but her her uh, claiming property by labeling it with her first initial is, is odd, and then uh, her ability just to kick them out without any sort of opportunity for Finn and Jake to appeal to any sort of authority, uh, it really bothers me. Um, <laughs> it... it, it like abusive landlords do this in real life, uh, and when it happens to real people, it it's it's horrible. Uh, so I'm like, Marceline, you got to go to court. Only the sheriff can evict someone. Self help evictions are illegal in Missouri. But then I remember that we're in the world of ooh, and so I don't even know uh, who has jurisdiction here. Uh, it's probably just like the Wild West. And so if Marceline wants to kick him out, <laughs> she can because she's po- more powerful. Yeah, I think we've got sort of a. Uh... Like a like a stake your claim situation here, like while like Oklahoma Sooners kind of going on here, yeah. where you just essentially uh, the first person to to literally stake out a claim has the rights. Yeah, has the rights here. Yeah. And, so I uh, was I was bothered yeah. by Marceline's lawless actions, but I'm not a member of the Ooh Bar, so I don't know if her actions actually were illegal or not. Uh, so that's well, yeah, yeah, it's tough. I. I so I uh, I should say that I like uh, I like the character Marceline and maybe extra extra because I have this weird uh, I don't know if obsession is the right word but I am certainly willing to watch just about any piece of culture that has a vampire in it. Yep. Uh, I don't know why I'm really intrigued by them or something. Even the bad stuff. I mean I'll I'll go out and say I've I've seen every single Twilight. I've seen I've seen all the good. The good vampire wow. flicks. Wow! So the, I haven't all, gone well. All the bam, all the bad vampire flicks. I don't I've even watched I've... Vampire Diaries on the CW. <laughs> I don't think that I've gone as far as watching all of the Twilight films, although I know I got dragged to at least a couple of them. Uh, but we did for we did spend some of our formative years watching Blade over and over again. And, oh man! Uh, yeah, I definitely Blade's watched good, Blade that's Two. That's a great end. I watched Blade Two yeah. probably three hundred times while I was in college. It was a <laughs> yeah. classic. Friday or Saturday night with nothing to do. Might as well get out the old Blade Two DVD and drink Franzia. Uh, yeah, I did that way too much of that in in college. I share uh, your predilection for for vampires, although uh, I didn't take it as far as seeing Twilight. I don't know what it is about them. I th- I think it's the uh, the immortality that uh, that intrigues me as like a character device. Because um, I'm really I really got into. Uh, like the Highlander series and movies as well. Like okay. I've watched all, I've watched all of Highlander, uh, the TV series and the movies. So I think it's just the implications of, of immortality that intrigue me and like, and how do you deal with that? How do you deal with being alive forever? Right. Um, because I, you know, there's, there's all the, the easy stuff that you, you know, you get to see the development of civilization and the cool stuff like that development of technology 
but also uh, there's there's some realities of it that I think are interesting. Like your percentage. I, I remember reading an article about immortality once saying that uh, your chances of being trapped under a building for all eternity go to 100% when you become immortal <laughs> because it's a really it's a really unlikely thing to happen unless you live forever except right yeah so there's yeah and we can get into like you know quantum theories where basically you know everything that could possibly happen has happened in one universe or another so i suppose if you're spending an eternity in one universe eventually everything is going to happen to you mhm yeah have you um, seen uh, what we do in the shadows no, I haven't. Oh, oh my man. God. Dude, if you're into vampires, you have to watch what we do in the shadows. Are you, are you familiar with it? No. Oh, no, no. So it's uh, Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords, uh, uh-huh. and his friend from New Zealand, oh, Taiko yeah, Watiti. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yes, they are, I wanted to uh, see this so they bad. Are, yes. Uh, vampires living in modern day, I don't know, I think it's maybe the United States. I don't remember exactly where it's set, but they're essentially super old vampires living in the modern world and having a really hard time adjusting uh, yes. to what the modern world is like. So you got to go watch that. Yeah, no, I've, I remember seeing it and I want to see it. So yeah, fact, uh, that's on my list. I'm I'm almost certain that now that I forced you to get a Hulu subscription, I'm almost certain that what we do in the shadows is currently available on Hulu. So homework assignment aside from the next, aside from two episodes, you got to go watch what we do in the shadows. All right, I will. I will definitely do that. Oh, I should say uh, to the good people of Hulu, I'm not sure what this. I'm not sure if you're trying to protect my honor or something, but um, it refuses to. It seems to refuse to put Adventure Time on my list of shows I watch. <laughs> um, I watch several other shows on Hulu, and uh, and they have all. You know, I watch if it's, as soon as I watch two episodes, it makes it. You know, it puts the little icon on there. I, I suppose to make it easy access for me. Right. Uh, but I watch two episodes of Adventure Time a week, and it has yet to uh, put Adventure Time on my uh, Ben's watched list. Oh, I that's, guess that's I bizarre. Guess to protect to protect my honor, it looks at the other stuff I've watched, and it says like. Mm. This has got to be his son or something. That's watching <laughs> right, this. yeah. If, you, if your friends come over and start flipping through your digital album collection that you have on your Hulu, you don't want them knowing that you're watching kiddie shows, I guess. I guess um, that's what it is. But, actually, uh, Hulu messes with me, funny. too. Uh, it, Adventure Time is always the first thing on my watch list because I've watched it hundreds of times. But uh, there's a little green box up in the right-hand corner now on uh, the particular device that I'm using that shows ostensibly the amount of unseen episodes there are. And somehow every time that I watch an episode or two, that number increases. And every time I sign in and I see that the number has increased, I get excited that season eight has been put onto Hulu, even though I know that, that it hasn't happened because the number is just weirdly increasing through some software glitch. But every single time I'm like, Oh man, this is it. Season eight is here. And I'm so excited to watch new episodes of Adventure Time that I just get my hopes up and then get smacked down. <laughs> so Hulu's how messing with other, both of us. How many other episodes of Adventure Time besides the two that we're watching for podcast uh, reasons? How many other episodes of Adventure Time are you watching per week? So I actually have cut down on my Adventure Time watching, I would say. While I watch the two that we're going to talk about multiple times, I usually don't watch other ones. Um Maybe I'll watch uh, an episode or two after the second one gets done if I'm, you know, not wanting to move on with my life. But uh, typically, it's just the two episodes that we're focusing on, uh, although I do watch them 
many times uh, and and take notes. Yeah, oh, we, we've established how big of a nerd you are. I think right. that's fine. Uh, yeah, but the okay, that's good to know. I wanted to know what other if you're bringing in uh, other episodes to your uh, to your context each week. I mean, I know you've got them all under your belt here, but uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of trying to to paint a picture here for our listeners. Yeah, I'm kind of trying to. to rewatch them as we go and not. Uh, spend too much time getting mixed up into other episodes. Um, you know, that's probably wise. Yeah. Adventure time for me has always been like the ultimate escapist entertainment. Um, it's a huge like stress reliever just to let myself go into the world of Ooh, I think. And so, uh, it's actually a little, little different for me that I'm only watching two episodes per week because I did have kind of a habit of, you know, if I had a stressful day, put on adventure time and I would watch like six, seven, eight episodes in a row just oh. because I can escape into it and forget about, you know, whatever oh, horrible landlord evicted someone that day or whatever. I'm glad that we've been able to turn your happy place into a homework assignment. I'm sure right. that's really good. I'm sure that's really <laughs> great for you. Um, good. Well, on that note, uh, on that happy note, I think maybe we'll sign off for the, uh, for the podcast. Yeah, um, you know, I was gonna, I, I was, I like to check in with you at the end on on new characters, but really the only one that I can think of that is of consequence is Marceline, and we've discussed her extensively, so I won't uh, yeah. make you rehash what you're thinking about Marceline. But why don't you tell me? Uh, I think you've been pretty clear that you didn't like episode eleven, and you did like episode twelve. So overall, do you think it was a, you know, they kind of even each other out, and you're in the same place you were? Yeah, you know, I think. That's interesting. I think in some ways I think I'm in the same place, but in other ways, here's what I think happened. I think I stayed put on my continuum of, of hating it to loving it. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think the continuum got bigger maybe like the, uh, the potential, the potential greatness got bigger for me, but I didn't move forward on the continuum. That's how I'll describe that. Yeah. I think, uh, episode 12 is a very, um, important episode and it does sort of broaden the scope of the show and the show's world uh in a way that we haven't seen before so i i can see where uh that would you know i I, it definitely sets up uh cool things are going to happen in the future so even if you hated episode 11 and episode 12 you really liked and you didn't move i can see where all of a sudden your your horizon is broadened all right. Well, uh, that's uh, cool things in the future. I think that's a good good spot to end on. Let's think about cool things for the future. In the future, we'll be talking to you next in our uh, next episode of Pod Venture Time, where we'll be discussing episodes. What will be thirteen and fourteen? Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, uh, until then, I was Ben, and I've been Pat. Well, and thanks uh, for this uh, has been this has been Pod Venture Time. Ooh, yeah, force that enthusiasm. Mm-hmm.